Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in, Hokies fans, to this edition of the Tech Sideline Podcast. It is another very special edition as we have Virginia Tech softball assistant coach Mike Lewis on set today. On episode 234 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, we'll dive into the thrilling series down in Florida State last weekend. Also, look ahead at what's coming up down this stretch and what has been a phenomenal season for the program thus far. All of that and much more coming up on episode 234 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, which starts right now. We welcome you in to the Tech Sideline Podcast, however you're listening, whether that's archived on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or if you're on our YouTube channel. As always, we ask you, if you are on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you know when the Tech Sideline Podcast goes live every single week. Also, be sure, if you are in the live stream, drop a comment or question for Mike. We'll get to those at the end of the show. As always, the Tech Sideline Podcast brought to you by the Southeast Regional Training Center. We had head coach of the wrestling program, Tony Roby, on Monday. You can help grow that fantastic program and bring Olympic hopeful athletes to Blacksburg. Visit southeastrtc.com to learn more and donate today. We mentioned Mike Lewis on set today. He are, he's our very special guest, but also Chip Grubb making his TSL podcast <laughs> debut. He will be to our left. He is our softball writer for Tech Sideline in the fourth chair once again. It's Will Stewart, our founder and general manager. He'll be monitoring your questions. We'll get to those with him at the end of the show. Malcolm Stewart, best podcast producer in the land behind the scenes, and I'm your host, Jake Lyman. Let's jump into it. Mike, thank you so much, first of all, for coming on the set and giving us a few minutes of your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, I want to start with, for those of our listeners who don't know you and don't know how you got to Blacksburg, what's your journey been like playing, coaching, and how'd you end up with Virginia Tech softball? Yeah, sure. I... Uh kind of grew up around the game um, as a lot of uh, men's softball coaches do. I uh, grew up watching watching my father play and grew up at the ballpark as a as a bat boy and that sort of thing and I uh, actually met Coach DeMore uh, for the first time as a as an undergraduate student as a as a uh, student manager at the University of Missouri. So um, like a lot of people kind of started at, at the manager level and, and kind of worked my my uh, resume up. Um, spent a year at Missouri and then the next three years at Missouri, Kansas City. Um, and then for two years uh, at the University of Minnesota, where I was a, a graduate manager for one year and then the volunteer uh, for one year in 2020. And then was hired on by Coach DeMore in, in July of 2020. So uh, kind of a, a quick snapshot of, of how I got to Blacksburg <laughs> here. Well, second year with the program, already a good start, got to the Super Regionals last year, and now the Hokies ranked second in the country, heading into a series with Virginia this weekend. 
I don't want to bury the lead. We know what all our listeners want to hear about uh, on this podcast, and that is Sunday's game against Florida State with Emma Lemley being called for uh, a lot of illegal pitches. And for those of the listeners, again, who who maybe don't know exactly what the rule is, could you maybe explain that and talk about why she continues to get called for it? Yeah, certainly. Uh, and like you said, it it was a weekend that was nothing nothing short of exciting. So Sunday <laughs> Sunday added to that narrative as well. Um, there's a lot of misconception of of kind of what's going on um the buzzwords are crow hopping or replant uh really what's happening is um at at one point in in her pitching mechanic both feet are off the ground um what we like to say in our office is it's an airborne drag so uh, just just like what a lot of a lot of pitchers do as they're dragging off off of the pitching rubber uh, Emma is is in the air slightly, um, and uh, the the kind of funny part about about what's going on is if we slowed people down, um, it, I would assume in the fifty to sixty percent of pitchers are at some point off the ground. Um, it, we we like to um, you know give credit to Emma. Uh, sh- she is an an exemplary athlete um, that she she may come off. Um, maybe a, slightly more than than other pitchers, um, but that's kind of what what's happening. Uh, there there isn't there isn't advantage, uh, you know, to to her um, coming off the ground slightly in her drag as a crow hopper or or uh, someone that replants has an advantage. Uh, but but with where the rule stands currently, um, that that's that's what she's been called for. And looking ahead, obviously, towards the postseason, you would assume maybe umpires are going to crack down a little bit more on that. Is this something that's fixable in season? And if it is, would it affect her uh, her ability on uh, in the circle as well? Uh, how would that work out trying to fix it in season this late in the year? Yeah, and, and that's one thing going back to, to Emma being such a great athlete. Um, she, she's been working on it hard. Um, and, and actually throughout the game yesterday, um, went through a, uh, a span of time that uh, w- we've been trying to keep an eye on it and that sort of thing. And we, we could notice essentially no difference, um, you know, that I think some of those improvements uh, she or adjustments she's handling really well. Um, I, obviously, when, like I said, you, you are a fantastic athlete like that, it, it might be difficult to to stay to the ground all the time. But I think she's She's, uh, you know, taking it in stride and uh, honestly handling it, not like a freshman, but but like a fifth year senior that it's been impressive to to see her, um, you know, really work on the adjustments in in practice and in training. Um, But when when she's dealt, uh, you know, different cards uh, throughout the last month um, that that sometimes it's called and sometimes it isn't, I think she's done a a really nice job. staying even keeled and, and sticking to what makes her great. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> Mike is in a, a little bit of an awkward situation in that he can't necessarily be critical. Um, but as a fan, what is really frustrating is the lack of consistency in calling the pitches. You know, I was, I was at Liberty last night. The Liberty pitcher was airborne about 90% of the time. And in some cases, much more pronounced than Emma was. But the calls weren't being made. And 
per, you know, I, I truly don't think I'm looking through my orange and maroon glasses. There was actually some tweets out there last night uh, along those lines. Uh, there was a screen capture somebody uh, had on Twitter this morning of Valerie Cagle last night that was airborne. So if you're going to if you're going to call the rule, call it across the board. Don't don't just call it when it is convenient. And again, I know that's a little bit of a of a homerism there from a Virginia <laughs> Tech fan, but uh, that's what's really really frustrating. And I I hats off to Emma. I think she has handled this with so much class and uh, every now and then, you know, you'll see her shake her head and just kind of roll her eyes a little bit, but then she goes right back, throws the ball in the glove and look out for that next pitch because it's going to be zooming. And, and talking about that, Emma Lemley, a freshman coming in and just being so effective for you guys, especially dealing with some of this stuff. It, it felt like that was what the program was missing last year. Somebody who could compliment Keeley. How important has she been to this program getting you to where you are right now? Yeah, certainly. I and I think um, when I had first gotten here to Blacksburg, um, you know, we, we sit down and, and for me to get an understanding of what recruiting looks like and that sort of thing. And the, the first day that, that I was hired, Coach DeMora had said, we got a good one coming, uh, you know, in, in Emma. And during COVID, I was only able to see, um, you know, through live stream and that sort of thing, the NCAA had their, their recruiting restrictions that the first time I got to see Emma was actually uh, late July, early August at one of the premier tournaments um, in the country. And I think it was middle of the week, Monday or Tuesday of a week-long tournament, and they had an all-star um, event Tuesday night. So I, I go and, and uh, you know, find a spot. And it, it was actually at uh, Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. So, so I sit down and, and she had texted and said, I think I'm going to get inning two, you know, two and three, that sort of thing. So she comes up and she had already won a big game against a, a premier club program uh, throughout the weekend. So she'd been pitching well, obviously, and it, it was going to be awesome for, for her to be able to, you know, sh showcase herself, but also fly the Virginia Tech colors, um, you know, in this, in this all-star showcase. So she comes out and it's the third inning, I think. And um, th these are the who's who's recruits uh, across the country that some of the pitchers had struggled a little bit. And, and I think it w the score was 6-3 or something like that. The, the hitters certainly had the upper hand. Um, Emma comes out in the third, um, strikes the first kid out, strikes the second kid out, strikes the third kid out. And my phone blows up and, you know, and said, okay, it, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have a good situation on our hands. You know, that, um, obviously she had a fantastic career, um, in, in high school, um, but doing what she did on, on the club circuit, um, we, we were really excited about, about what Emma was coming in with and getting to work with coach Gillis, uh, a full fall and, and throughout the spring. Um, it, it, it's been awesome to ha to have her right behind Keeley throughout the year. And she's been fantastic this year. I want to dive into that Florida state series a little bit more because obviously everybody gets wrapped up in the illegal pitches, but it was a great weekend for Virginia tech taking two of three from the number two team in the country. Uh, let's start with Saturday's game scoring 23 runs in one game. It felt like the bats started a little bit slow, but they've really come on late and complimented that duo in the circle. Yeah, that, that was something that I don't think anybody was anticipating. Probably <laughs> you, know, you, you go, you go to Florida state and, 
and we we talk in our office and and I know there's obviously some some new suitors in the ACC but we consider Florida State the class of the league for what they've done for the last decade obviously winning a national championship in 2018 um you know being in in the final game uh, of last year's world series yeah. um f- for us to go down there and and battle a little adversity on Friday night um, but then to come out Saturday and, and perform the way we did um, was was something else. So, And Will and I were talking about it on the podcast uh, the week before, and we were saying this could be like the Alabama series, one to nothing, two to nothing, <laughs> sure. something like that. And then you guys put 23 runs on them on Saturday, uh, so that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and we talked about the bats maybe getting off to a slow start. Uh, Chip was pointing out that uh, since Coach Demore moved to the dugout and you moved to third base, maybe some changes. What kind of impact has that had uh, on the hitting? Yeah, and I think I think uh, you know Coach Demore being being close to the hitters has has been awesome. Um, he, from what he's done since he got here at Tech, obviously with the program in general, but but with the hitters as well. I I you know my recruiting pitch sometimes on the road it he makes kids better um it, as soon as they step into the program uh, especially from an offensive standpoint um you know you look at his first year here um Caitlin Nolan was on staff last year i think in 2018 uh Caitlin had 19 RBIs on the year in 19 uh sorry 2019 she had 19 home runs <laughs> you know, it, so so what Pete, uh, from an offensive standpoint, can do, um, it has been awesome for our hitters and and me getting when when we're in the third base box, I I get a little bit of a an understanding what he talks about, but it, a lot of it is just the in game adjustments and say okay, dude, you know if Chip is up to bat next, you know Chip, this is this is where she's been throwing. I think we can make this adjustment, that sort of thing that that uh, I, I think has been awesome for our hitters just to have uh, their hitting coach, you know, next to them providing providing not so much um, mechanical cues, but but as much game plan, um, you know, in-game adjustments thing that that um, I, I think has been really beneficial. Yeah, so going back to the Florida State game just a minute, uh, Mike, I just want to ask you about this team's resiliency because so Friday night, um, hard fought game. We're one out away to win in the ball game. Ground ball thrown away. Goodness gracious, they score. Tie game, bottom of the seventh. The place is going crazy. Sure. Packed house in Florida State. Place going crazy. Next batter hits a triple off the wall. They're sixty feet away from winning the game. The place is rocking. Keeley shuts them down. Yep. We go into extra innings, and I'm sitting there as a Virginia Tech fan, a long-time suffering Virginia Tech fan, going, <laughs> here we go again. You should have heard and, me cussing at my TV when when, <laughs> when Bree overthrew first base and, <laughs> and, and another overthrow occurred and the runner came all the way around. Oh, it was it was like – I mean, I'm probably exactly like you. Uh, yeah. Head in my hands going, this is not <laughs> happening. But then the girls come back in the top of the ninth. They score three runs, put them away. And then we move to Saturday. I don't know what you fed those girls for breakfast Saturday, but make sure they get that from now on. Yeah. Eleven to nothing lead after three. Man, we're cruising, right? We might, we might run rule Florida State in Tallahassee. Are you kidding me? 
And then bottom of the fourth, they scored nine runs. And here we go again. It is now eleven to nine. This it's cannot in, it's be anybody's, happening. Anybody's ball game after being eleven to nothing. Yeah, this is not happening. Are you kidding me? And then the girls get a couple in the in the sixth, and then add ten in the in the seventh to win twenty three to nine. What what is the mentality, Mike? What how does that happen? That and, team and, is just, and how do you coach that resilience? Yes, yeah. How, how does that happen? Yeah, <laughs> and and I think going going back to Friday, obviously the overthrow right is is the first thing that a lot of people come to mind. For me, um, Michaela Edenfield, their uh, Florida State's catcher, for Bree to make that play, I I don't have the the exit velocity off the bat. Bree made a play off of a ball that probably came off the bat around 80 miles an hour you know so yes the the overthrow is what gets gets looked at but what started that was a fantastic play that i'm not sure early in the year gets made um and and i think that like you were saying chip we went to alabama and there are 3900 people there there are 4000 people it was weekend two. Uh, I don't think the stock on Virginia Tech. I, I think everyone knew we had Keely Richard and we were one game away from the World Series last year. But I think the the Alabama series was less hostile of a crowd maybe than what, what Alabama probably experiences in an SEC um, series that we probably had not experienced whatever – you know, 2,200, 2,300. We had 50 Virginia Tech fans compared to 2,200 Florida State fans <laughs> that, yes, that, that play got out of our control a little bit, but having a fifth-year senior in the circle, you know, a fifth-year senior behind the plate, be able to kind of bring bring the troops back together a little bit, make an out, you know, in, in the bottom sure. of the seventh with – with the winning run on third base, I I think uh, kind of escalated or or was able to contain some of all of what was going on, you know. So um, yes, people look at that one play. There was a lot going on. Sure, we probably would not uh, look back and say that was our best moment, but. I'm not sure we had been in a situation to prepare ourselves, you know, for for a situation like that. Um, and I, I think that goes back to our respect for Florida State as well. Um, it, we left the weekend, and, and Coach Demore had said, "You have to go into to not just playing Florida State, but especially at Tallahassee. You have to go in with the mindset that enough runs does not exist." You know what I mean? That their their run to the national championship, and and I, this is no disrespect to Florida State, but when they won in 2018, I think people would have said there were five or six teams more talented than Florida State, but they're never out of games. You know what I mean? Right. So you lead in you lead into Saturday. We get up eleven nothing. We have six outs to get. Right. All of a sudden, it's eleven nine, and and same thing that that starts to creep in. Of man, this, this is Florida State. They they are never out of a game until there are no no outs left to get. You know, so for for our kids to come back in and and once again kind of 
control what's going on. It, it was it was their spring game on Saturday. It was. So, so there were even more. I know the the attendance showed one thing. There were a pile of people out in left field that that had not paid admittance um, into the game. For for our kids, I think to to take that in stride and and be able to roll with it. Um, you know, shows a ton, a ton about the leadership within our group, um, you know, but it, yeah, re- really impressive uh, from from our group of kids to, to be able to take those things in stride on the road against number two, Florida State, who, who is never out of a game. You know? In a very, very hostile environment. Yeah, that, that's not an easy place to win. That, it, it, that was my first time in Tallahassee, and man, oh man, you left... Those those two wins are hard, as hard fought as they will come, and such an important series win too. You're fighting with Florida State for ACC seeding, also for national seeding. Heading into the series, how much did how much pressure did you put on that series, knowing if you can take two of three, you're going to put yourself in a really good spot for the postseason? Yeah, and and I think you do your best just to take things, you know, one thing at a time. Yep. That um, obviously the ramifications. And I think Coach Demore spoke to, spoke of that this week. the The outside stuff is going to take care of itself, right? You know, you, you could have left Tallahassee this weekend, and obviously, you don't want to. You don't. You don't ever want to say, "Man, we got swept and played really well." But that was a possibility. That that's a great team. That we we looked at the situation. We like our matchup. We 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 feel we have elite pitching um you know but you have to go in there and play well um that i i think we did our best to take things as what they were and let the outside kind of take care of itself um and and just prepare the players the best they can to go out and do what they did and obviously a huge series win for virginia tech now up to depending on what poll you look at two or three in the country heading into this weekend series against virginia before we hit the midway point here, it feels like we we just you know float past Keely Rochard and the dominance that she has. She hit a thousand strikeouts last night against Liberty, an ERA below one and a half this year, over two hundred strikeouts and just thirty eight walks. Uh, what what makes her so dominant? I feel like we have to talk about how great she has been a little bit more than we do. Yeah, and and Keely somehow I feel like has become a little bit of the unsung hero. You know, <laughs> as difficult as that seems possible but leadership wise what she, what she does that um you know everyone talks about her presence well friday night is a perfect example it, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in the bottom of the seventh she makes a pitch we make a play it, and yeah we we make an error that would have ended the game you look out at keely she looks as if we're up Ten nothing, right? <laughs> you know, and I, I think obviously her her presence and her leadership has been been crucial. But I think after a year that she had last year, it's really difficult for elite level pitchers to have similar success and and almost better success after the year she had. You know, that this is her fifth year, um, but but Virginia Tech isn't sneaking up. On people, maybe the way that we did last year, you know, that we we knew um, we were the underdog in in some some facet. We're not the underdog very often anymore this this season. That for Keeley to sustain her success, 
um, when people all week are preparing for her, when, um, you, you know, there, there's no secrets about her. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see what postseason accolade, accolades, um, you know, she, she's awarded. Uh, but I think this year what she's done, regardless of the stats, has been as impressive, um, you know, to what she did last year to, to garner first-team All-American status and you, you say she's the unsung hero it just feels like that it's like oh 14 strikeout no hitter for keely just another day at the office <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she's been great and how much easier does that make everyone else's job on the team when you know maybe not against florida state but against some other teams you score one or two if keely's in the circle you you feel pretty good about your chances in that game sure and and i think it it's one thing that sometimes it it might be easy to to play on your heels a little bit too, you know, uh, okay, we have Keeley in the circle. If we get a few, we're probably good, but kind of training that mindset of regardless who, who's pitching, <laughs> if we can, um, you know, execute a game plan against whoever we're playing, um, it obviously it's always good to have someone like that, um, you know, on, on your bench, um, but doing our best not to take what she's going to do for granted and, and make sure we, we execute our defensive game plan, our offensive game plan. Um, you know, the way that if, if Keeley wasn't in the circle that, that we're really happy about what's going on, um, holistically within the program. Um, yeah. What, what has really, really <clears throat> impressed me with Keeley this year? Not certainly she's awesome. She's one of the best pitchers in the country, but her leadership when she's not pitching, to me, that, that says so much about her. I go back to Longwood. You know, we threw the back-to-back no-hitters. She never walked out of the dugout until the game was over. The first person out of the dugout to hug Emma Limley was Keely Richard. When Rosenberry threw the second no-hitter, the second person out of the dugout was Keely Richard. Somebody got in her way. But she was, again, <laughs> the first one out there, gave her a hug. Um, Emma has that deal on Sunday at Florida State and you have to put Keeley back in. If you notice when Keeley came in and Emma's leaving, she stops, she hugs her. It's like that's a leader. That's a leader. And I don't know that you can measure that in ERA or strikeouts, what that means to the team. Yeah, and and I think the the thing that everybody notices is those moments and and Keeley obviously does a fantastic job in in the moment of the game supporting but but there's a whole season in the fall that some of that leadership and and some of that caring for the younger players um is nurtured you know that um obviously at longwood that that sticks out to people and at florida state when right. when things hadn't gone the way emma had hoped keely's the first one but but once again, there there are hours and hours and hours and hours that people don't see. You know that Keeley sure. is is showing the ropes to to younger players, and and uh, obviously those those moments that get caught on camera are fantastic, and and they're absolutely genuine. You know, I I don't want to take away from that, but a lot of that leadership is is fostered. Um, you know in when it's 85 degrees out in the bullpen in September, sure, you know, sh- showing the ropes and, and that sort of thing. So uh, once again, we, 
like you said, uh, went this whole time having not talked about Keely. I cannot say, and yesterday I just told her I was proud of her and, and, uh, you know, getting a thousand strikeouts is really difficult to do in, in this day and age of softball. Um, but I, I cannot say enough good. And, and I would, I, I don't want to say I'm an outsider, but, but I got inserted in, into the, her story, um, you know, just last year that me coming in and, and being able to watch what she does. Um, I, I, I can't say enough good about what Keely Keely does and what she means for the program. Keely is going to be a huge part of whether this team can make a huge postseason run. We're going to talk about that a lot in the second half. First, I want to check in with Will in the fourth chair. Uh, any good questions that we've gotten so far? You, you can imagine what most of the questions center <laughs> around. Um, so, so I want to ask two questions. I was sitting here listening to you guys as you were talking, and, and my brain was starting to combine them into one. But I don't think that's fair. So, so let's talk about Emma again. And some of this you may have covered when, when the topic sure. was, was there. Um, Fans are very excited by what the team has accomplished and the potential um, for what may be to come. It's been a long time since any Virginia Tech team was ranked this highly and had a legit shot, let's throw it out there, at a sure. national championship. We're not going to talk about Oklahoma. You know, they're, they're, Oklahoma softball is kind of like Penn State wrestling. Sure. That's a tall mountain to climb. But Virginia Tech softball has put themselves in position. But part of the fans' excitement and, and part of the team's potential is uh, predicated upon having two very, very good pitchers. So moving forward, if, if this is going to be a thing, how does the coaching staff deal with it? Um, and that's a, that's a very broad question, I know. Sure. Do you talk to the umpires before games? Do you think about – do you strategize, we'll start Emma, but definitely think about bringing Keeley in? And uh, I'm sorry if you if you discussed this previously. I got a little distracted. Is this something that can really be not just worked on but corrected midseason, or does it have to wait till uh, after the season? Sure. Yeah. And and you're exactly right, Will. That you look at the premier programs that have a chance to win the national championship. They have two pitchers that can go out on on any given day. Um, I think we have a staff of of pitchers that that can certainly help us that way. Um, talking about Emma specifically, um, I think she's already making some of those adjustments. Um, from a staff standpoint, um, as highly as I talk about Pete as a head coach, as a leader, as an offensive mind, I I think we have the best pitching coach in the country as well. Um, that if there's anyone that's going to, to be able to make those adjustments with Emma, it, it is Coach Gillis. Um, you know, I, I think at times he, um, you know, kind of flies under the radar a little bit too. Um, but what he's done here at Tech as well, um, and I don't want to take away from, from what the players do and all of the effort they put in, but what some of the players have done here under his guidance, um, once again, when they – when when Pete first got here, there was a, a pitcher who had won 10 games in 2018 and the next season won 27 and was ACC Pitcher of the Year. Um, you know, so I, I think for some of the fans that that might be a little a little concerned or that's that sort of thing. Um, I think Emma went spurts yesterday in the Liberty game where um, 
she was fantastic that you can't hardly tell the difference on the film um you know with with your own eyes that um she's going to keep working on it and if there's anyone that's going to help emma uh, keep working on it there's nobody else in the country that that i'd rather have than coach gillis uh helping her out with that do you um like do you meet with the umps before games and just basically is it one of those you don't talk about it or do you talk about it before the game and say, okay, Blue, you're going to call this? How, how's this going to go? Yeah, and, and that's one thing um, we don't. Um, you know, Coach Coach DeMore has has a relationship, um, you know, with, with the powers that be. And and once again, we, we don't always know what's going to happen okay. in the game. So you had, you had talked strategizing-wise. Obviously, um, the way the past five days have gone, maybe the conversation changes a little bit. Um, and, and I know coach, coach Demore had, had put in his write up with you, um, you know, that we had gone a significant amount of time where it, it wasn't really an issue. Um, that, that's not up to us. Um, and we do our best just to prepare Emma. Um, obviously it affects her on the forefront, but also the team, you know, it, you, you have one of your teammates out there doing everything she can to fight for you how does the team respond? You yeah. know, that, that I think it was, it was really important, um, on Saturday, she had a few of them called, um, and we were able to respond the way that we did. And then, and then Sunday, um, the game went along the way that they did. And you, you know, you just, you just want to make sure the players stay in the moment a little bit. That that's not something we can control. Um, but, being able to still be supportive of Emma, both as players and as coaches, um, you know, we're going to take it in stride uh, to some extent. Hopefully noticing uh, that her improvements, her corrections from a training standpoint get recognized as well, um, that she's doing everything she can, um, you know, to to have the situation taken care of. So. All right. So one more before we go to break. Um, <clears throat> my own personal experience last year was, you know, Tech got to, uh, is it called a super regional when it's best of three, the UCLA That's series. right, super regional. Came out and just, pow, punched UCLA right in the mouth in the first game. And, and, and won, and so you get all excited. You're like, wow, we're one win away from the sure. College World Series. And then you experience those other two games and you see what a – truly elite team looks like and then i watched more I've, I've never watched the the women's college world series but i watched a lot of it last year sure got a good uh through the tv up close look at what elite programs look like yep what did the 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 program and the players learn from that experience last year at ucla that they're taking into the postseason this year and and I go back, uh, one thing Coach DeMore told the players um, on the field at UCLA last year, he, he said, guys, you got a taste of it now. When we came back this fall, the, the players had, had a choice over the summer and over the fall. Okay, we got our taste. Is that enough or do we want a little bit more? And, and I think across the board they came back, not, not only in – in what they said, but how they trained, how they conduct themselves um, on a daily basis, the choices that they make, they they want more, right? Um, and the the UCLA series, I think 
you know, hey, that that's great. We we made it to the super regional, but but people looked at UCLA as this Mount Rushmore, you know, and and to take game one the way we did, I we kind of imposed our will a little bit. Um, they they had some uncharacteristic errors and that sort of thing. And you, you could tell they were not mentally prepared. They, I, UCLA. Right. You know, and for the caliber of players, they, they had three Olympians on the team. or Two, two, two no, Olympians. They had three. They had three was it three? three? You know, they are Mount Rushmore. <laughs> they, they are one of a few programs that um, every single year you know is going to probably not just be at the Women's College World Series, but they're going to contend – to win it, you know, that um, it, it was really important for our, for our group of kids and in our leadership, I think, to say, okay, th this is what it's like. Um, and then a as a program decide, okay, we're not satisfied with, with just having a taste, you know. And I think um, it's one thing to say, you know, we want more, but it's another thing to be able to, uh, on a daily basis in September when nobody's watching, in October when nobody's watching, o over break when nobody's watching, right? To uh, stay disciplined to what it takes to be an elite, an elite level program like that, um, that I think it's been awesome and, and probably doesn't get talked about, you know, a lot. Um, and that, that's one thing that I think fans um, – can probably keep in perspective a little bit. You know, it, we went to Alabama and we, we got a taste a little bit, you know, that like Alabama has been really good for 20 years. You know what I mean? That we, we are, I, I feel still on the climb a little bit um, that yes, we may not have performed exactly the way we would have hoped at Alabama. Right. But, but these are Mount Rushmore programs that I, until until we do things for ten years, uh, I'm not going to to put ourselves in that conversation, but but there are characteristics of those Mount Rushmore programs um, that that I think we're we're working diligently towards towards maintaining and and uh, you know doing our best to maintain that. Well, Hokies hoping that they can climb a little bit further this year. Maybe get some of those uh, Super Regional games at home this sure. year. Uh, <laughs> currently, again, top two in the country. We're going to talk a lot more about the postseason, also playing more at home coming up in the second half. But first, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Mike Lewis on episode 234 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to episode 234 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, another very special edition. We have Virginia Tech softball assistant coach Mike Lewis on set, also Chip Grubb making his TSL podcast debut. Will Stewart is in the fourth chair, and again, I'm your host, Jake Lyman. We've already talked a lot about a huge win, a series win against Florida State last weekend. Now let's look ahead a little bit. The team finally gets to come back home. It's been nearly a month since they played against UNC at Tech Softball Park of their 35 games, seven of them have been at home. How important is it for you guys to finally get back and play in Blacksburg? Yeah, we're we're really excited, and obviously, um, the excitement has built since that last month. Hopefully, the weather is a little bit better than the last time we were home too. But um, getting back to to our fans and and 
getting to sleep in our own beds and that sort of thing um, is really important. Just the the way the schedule works, obviously we we don't get a ton of you know games at home proportionally. So um, it, obviously with Virginia coming to town this weekend, the spring game on on Saturday, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting week. And the uh, you know speaking of Virginia, they they are much much improved over their past. They have really struggled in the past in softball. They've got a new beautiful facility. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. And that looks like it's paying dividends for them from a recruiting standpoint. Um, that being said, the Hokies are on a 12-game winning streak. And uh, and looking at it, they, they, the last game, Mike, you guys got slack. You let them score, okay, <laughs> for the first time in uh, three, four, five, six. For the first time in eight games, they scored a run. Um, so I know they'll be hungry. They'll, they'll certainly uh, – you know, the thing when you're at the number two, number three team in the country – you're going to get everybody else's best shot. And uh, the, the the ladies over in Charlottesville would like nothing better to uh, walk into Blacksburg and take us down a notch. Oh, so certainly. you guys got to be ready. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing. It, we, we do our best, um, you know, just today at practice. It, we're going to make sure that we we stick to our, our game plan, what, what's going to help us be successful um, like you had mentioned, we we have had some good success against them in the past, but they're they're much improved. They, are. Uh, they I know they started the league schedule eight and one, um, you know. So so we need to make sure that that uh, we cross all our t's and dot our i's and that sort of thing, um, because if we rest on what has been, um, you know, we we're going to be in for a dogfight uh, either way. So um, we'll we'll make sure we're ready to roll. And we've seen the buy-in from the fans uh, for the softball program over the last few years. And again, rival Virginia coming into town, spring game weekend. How important is that crowd to come in and make it, like you said in Tallahassee, 2,500 Florida State fans, how important is it to make that kind of environment at Tech Softball Park? Yeah, and you know, before the break, we talked about you know the, the principles or, or the staples of some of those Mount Rushmore programs. And and their their attendance, their fan buy in, and and Chip, you you can talk to some of that. And uh, honestly, uh, we we have a lot to owe to Chip, you know, and and to Will, uh, the past the past few years, allowing Chip to to write for us and in the tech sideline community, um, you know, not not just financially, but but honestly, just coming to games and and in support, um, the support we had last night at Liberty. Uh, was incredible. I, I got a screenshot um, after Bree Peck's home run. Um, and golly, there, there were a pile of Tech fans okay. there, you know. And, and I know it it is a closer game than Tallahassee, obviously being 90 miles or 100 miles away. But, but that shows, I think, um, how important – uh, this this program has become to the fan base, and I, it, like I said, we thank Chip all the time, um, you know, and and Will allowing him the platform to to promote us, and and uh, well, obviously we hope this weekend, uh, you know, we can blow some of those those attendance records out of out of the park, and and really looking forward to to being back in front of the fans. Well, I, I think it speaks volumes, and certainly want to give a, a kudos to Will for. For creating a softball message board, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the internet in terms of looking at other teams and and googling message boards for whatever. Um, very, very few programs 
have their own softball message board. Hmm. And uh, Will, you were commenting about the traffic we got uh, on Sunday, and part of it was the the controversy. But we've got a lot of people really jumping on the hokey softball bandwagon, and that is so cool. That is just really, really cool. And, yeah, there, there's a an interesting thing that happens to a fan base, and and I've seen this. You know, I've been doing this kind of thing for twenty or twenty five years, and and uh, as 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 a team wins and they progress, teams never progress linearly. But let, let's pretend that they are sure. they're progressing linearly. The fans follow like this. You reach a certain point, and when you crack the top five, and and uh, you know, like what I can equate it to is is Makai Lewis winning a national championship. Sure. Um, going into the NCAA's that year, nobody nobody watched Virginia Tech wrestling. Yeah. At champs, the night that Makai Lewis won the national championship, he was on, and a crowd at a bar was watching him, and they went bananas. Sure. And these are the things that happen when teams achieve what you guys are achieving, and. And then you have a situation like where um, you're on the ACC network, on the road against one of the best teams in the country, Mount Rushmore program. You have some controversy. And at midnight Sunday night, we were getting a post a minute on the softball message. You know, and I went on Twitter. I said, that thing is spinning. So I I think you're going to – my guess is you're going to experience that this weekend with – I think the stands are going to be full, and I think there's going to be a lot of people outside the fence trying to watch as well. So for fans, since it's Easter weekend, the series doesn't start on Friday. It starts on Thursday. That's right. Thursday, 6 o'clock streaming. Friday, 6 o'clock streaming. Yep. Saturday, 2 o'clock, and it's not streaming and it's not on the ACC network because Tech needs to have all their resources available That's right. to work the football game. Yep. Um, so I just looked at the weather while we were talking about it. Weather's going to be pretty solid. Awesome. Uh, temperatures are good. There's a little bit of a chance of rain a couple of those days, but – so think about it. If you're coming for the spring game, spring football game, uh, Saturday, it starts at four. Friday night at six. If you get into town early Friday, come come see the softball team. You gotcha. know, and and then the softball game at two o'clock is my my thing of choice before the football <laughs> game starts. Uh, <laughs> it's right across the street from Lane Stadium. You can watch that and go right over to the spring. Well, game. we appreciate it, Will. Yeah. And I know tech fans who are listening, yeah, you're only two years into the rivalry, but it doesn't matter what sport it is. Virginia Tech always wants to beat Virginia, and I'm sure that's yeah. what's being said in the in the office this week. And and that's one thing that when when you come into a, a different fan base, I obviously there um you know, my previous schools we we certainly had rivalries, but I'm not sure there's one that I've been a part of. Um you know, like Virginia, Virginia Tech. And, and last year, my experience was a little bit different. Um, we, we played Virginia in a midweek because they weren't, um, weren't in our ACC, uh, series rotation, um, add in COVID, um, you know, that there maybe wasn't, wasn't the hype in person, um, on a softball stage, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to discriminate across any sport, you know, <laughs> football and basketball. And it, it doesn't matter that, that tech fans are, are really passionate about, about this rivalry. Um, and, and our kids are too, you know, it, obviously we, we have a soft softball game to play, but being at home, um, it, it's important to them to play well, um, f- for our fans too, that, that, uh, it means, it means so much about. 
and, and we talked a little bit about the scheduling as well. You say how important it is to play at home. How strange has it been this year for this team? Again, you've had to play so many games on neutral sites, on the road, only seven games so far at home, and you've only got, I believe, one more home series after this weekend as well. Yep. Is that it's what allowed you to have such a great strength of schedule, but also has to be strange for these players barely ever playing in Blacksburg. Yeah, and and I think Coach Demore does a really good job of doing our best. Um, on the road, we're, we're able to, and and I've never been a part of a program that allows the the players as much freedom as we do. Um, but on the road, you're a little bit more in control of what's going on, right? So um, you travel Thursday, you practice Thursday night, um, you, you get a good team meal Thursday night, you have team breakfast Friday morning, you hit together Friday, you know, midday before the Friday night series. Well, at, at home, we just have different obstacles, right? We'll, we'll practice Thursday. Um, but a lot of times we won't have a team meal Thursday night. Um, they'll be on their own for breakfast Friday morning. There's just some certain, uh, aspects of being at home that I, I don't say, I don't think we'd rather be on the road than be at home, <laughs> but from a management standpoint of, of the program, um, we just have a little bit better of, of an idea of what's going on and what all 29 players in the program um, have in front of them for those days. So, yeah, like you said, um, we have this weekend the three games with Virginia, three games next weekend with, with Louisville, um, a midweek sprinkled in there before finals, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens um, yeah. after the ACC tournament and, and see where the cards fall um, yeah. as far as, as anything postseason related. So, um, getting back, like, like I had said, just having the, the building excitement throughout the last month since the last time uh, we've been home, I, I think we're, we're really excited to, uh, to get back, get back for everyone. And, and so. you talk about all the meals on the road and traveling together. Do you think that's helped build the team chemistry and maybe helped build a stronger bond between all the players? Absolutely. And, and I think we, we've done some, some, fun, interesting things to keep things light a little bit. Um, I know Chip has has showcased a little bit. We we have a backpack um, that it's, I think, Super Mario. It's Super Mario backpack. Related. <laughs> and, and in January, we, we had we had kind of had a conversation in a, in a lot of uh, Major League Baseball um, clubhouses. The rookie uh, – gets to carry a backpack and a lot of times it's a rookie pitcher that carries a backpack out to the bullpen every day um it it could be super mario like ours this year um you know maybe one week it's a, a barbie backpack it's uh it you know it it could be all all sorts of it could be a, a backpack on wheels you know it the the type isn't the point but it's a fun thing that uh the girls have kind of accepted uh, that every day we we spin this wheel uh, of random names, and whoever's name the the wheel falls on gets Mario for the next day. So, well, what's in the backpack? So, in the backpack, we we have uh, a lot of our charts that that are ne uh, necessary uh, to keep throughout the game. So, our our opponent hitting chart, our own hitting chart. Uh, we have our rule book, our pens, you know, just our necessities for the day um, that when we had started the year, we had said, okay, uh, 
Super Mario is the first backpack, and you all get to decide whether that backpack makes it for the next weekend or not. Um, so we've been fortunate. Uh, Super Mario has has made it into <laughs> April, um, you know, and it, if if the players decide that Super Mario is worthy of another weekend, then then we give them another weekend uh, carrying carrying our stuff. So it, it's been kind of a fun, um, you know, a fun thing to look forward to. Some of the players take it in better stride than others. Um, <laughs> you know, so, some of them uh, really, really accept the role of they'll, they'll wear it. You know, on the front of their uh, on the front of their body, like rather than the baby back. around. Or yeah, something. like you know, they're they're really really into it. Other others who like to stay a little more low key are, you know, they got it on one shoulder on their back and <laughs> and stay out of the stay out of the limelight. But um, you know, and, and even for the fans, I know Chip. Uh, when we come out of the dugout or whatever, it's it, you always enjoy seeing who has the backpack. Yes, absolutely, for the, for the absolutely. Day. I, 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 I make it worthwhile as well. Yeah. But the the other thing you guys do that I think is is great and it's interesting is and correct me if I have the facts wrong here, but um, whenever you're getting ready to get on the bus, go to the game, you spin the wheel, and whoever's name comes up is responsible for making the team laugh on the way to the stadium so that they're loose when they get there. And I understand you and Coach DeMore and Coach Doug are typically the brunt of the jokes. Is that right? Yeah, that that's generally how it goes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will spin the wheel uh, the first time the night before. So uh, let's say we play Friday. Thursday night we'll spin the wheel the first time for the backpack. The second time um, we uh, – we spin the wheel for the joke of the day before we get on the bus. So um, we'll, we will watch film, and then whoever uh, name got picked for the joke has has the floor for the next few minutes. Um, and we, we've had all sorts of different interesting uh, ways just to get on the bus feeling loose. Um, there, there's plenty of pressure um, this weekend going to Florida State. The the environment, the atmosphere spoke for itself. Any any way, and this was this was Coach Demora's idea. Any way we can get on the bus, feeling good about not necessarily the execution for a few minutes. We're we're going to get to the park and have plenty of time to to do that. But yeah, generally us us coaches end up uh, you know self imposed on a meme or you know. Um, it, it, They've done a really good job with it, um, but it it's been s same with the backpack. Some are are more accepting of the joke, and and, <laughs> and others do their best to not get picked. So, it, uh, well, who's been the best comedian so far? Oh man, Darby Troll really put uh, the coaches in a in a pickle. Um, <laughs> she Yoga Darby, yeah, she actually spun her own wheel, um, and there was. Our, our whole staff and support staff were put on the wheel and for whoever's name was picked was a random um, song that came on over <laughs> over the speaker and that person was to dance uh, in in relation to to the song so thankfully I uh, was was not a part of the wheel that day 
Um, but Darby probably put us in in the biggest pickle. Um, so uh, us, Darby. us as a staff are are always hoping that Darby doesn't get uh, <laughs> doesn't get picked, and we're not sure what what we're going to show up to the next day. Wow, that's it's creative, uh, interactive as well, not just stand up. Uh, has anybody tried to do stand up uh, for the joke? Just like five minutes. There's not been. There's been some good <laughs> stories that that have created some good laughs, um, and and some of the players are in. Chip, you know, being around all the time, that a lot of their personalities speak for themselves. <laughs> you know that um, it it doesn't have to be this well thought out, um, you know, production, but just themselves getting up there. And I've done my best to to speak to the players in the program, but we we have an awesome awesome bunch of of players that I think what Chip has done to promote the program. Um, we as a staff and and as a program do our best to promote the players and and chip you you and and miss bonnie certainly get get uh you know firsthand experience with with some of our girls but it it's exciting when obviously the success is spoken for itself but it it's exciting to come to work every day you you don't always know what you're going to get with with you know the personalities of the players but i'm really fortunate and appreciative how good the players uh, within the program have have been throughout the year so cool. well, so so let me jump in here and uh so we're, we're getting short on time unfortunately I was about to ask sure. you for some questions we do uh, uh rather than there's there's one very specific question let's answer it quickly and then i want to talk about a fundraising effort that chip has put together the question is, uh, my phone is arguing with me now. So, uh, <laughs> VT Hokie 2000, when Virginia Tech wore its white uniform against FSU this past weekend, Bree Peck's batting helmet appeared to be the only one that didn't have the Hokie Bird logo on the front. Instead, <laughs> it had the manufacturer's logo. What's the story behind the difference? So, n no, no crazy story there. Uh, the one that they sent was just a little too big. Uh, and the generic logoed one fits her a little bit better. Uh, better. So, um, our yeah, no, no big, no big story. No there. freshman hazing or anything no, like that. No freshman, <laughs> no freshman pranks there. Um, but ho hopefully she'll uh, she'll have the hokey bird on there sooner than later. So, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Chip put together a fundraising effort um, that he launched at the beginning of the season called Ten for the Win. Um, it's linked as a sticky post at the top of our softball message board. Uh, we don't have the time for me to fully explain everything sure. that's going into it. Um, so Chip, bring us up to speed on number one, how much money that effort has raised thus far. And number two, and, and let's wrap it up with this. Um, it, it, we talk about athletic departments being a hundred million dollars and maybe the figure you're going to give is 10, 20, $30,000. What does that mean to the program? Sure. Well, so this is actually uh, version three of some fundraising we've done all th primarily through TSL. Right. We had a uh, uh, we had an auction that raised like eight thousand. We did popping it during the NCAA's that raised twenty one thousand, and now the ten for the win. Um, we started it with uh, with some folks that just said, "Hey, we want to let's have fun. Let's just pledge dollars for the win." And I think we're up to like three hundred dollars per win. But people have just been sending in checks. Okay, I don't necessarily want to do that, but here's two hundred dollars. Here's $500. Um, and it looks like we are going to end up with somewhere between $25,000 and $30,000 wow. for 10 for the win. Um, and, you know, that, that's just kind of cool. I mean, it's people just, they're taking pride in the program and they want it to go to softball. 
And it's, 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 it's been remarkable. It really has been. And, and what's neat is we've had a couple people that have reached out that have said, quote, I've never watched a tech softball game in my life. I'm hooked. I'm hooked, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, it's been really cool. So what do you guys do with the, the with the dollars that uh, these TSL supporters send in? Yeah. And before we get into just thank, I, we want to thank it, you know, from the program, thank obviously Chip and Will, but all, all of the, the supporters through Tech Sideline. Um, not a dollar goes to waste. Um, and Chip, I think I'm in the office about every time that you come in with, with checks. <laughs> and and you always say it, whether it's thousands of dollars that you're bringing in or a couple hundred, it's money we didn't have prior. You know, so um, I think it, it's been well documented. We were able to buy uh, a couple uh, pitching machines that not only helps us offensively, but defensively as well. Um, that I, I used all fall long, uh, shooting ground balls. How much that, does a pitching machine cost? Uh, they can vary. I think the ones we bought ended up costing like three thousand bucks or thirty five hundred bucks. Um, we travel with those. Um, so our our student managers. Uh, I don't know if you notice. You'll probably notice the next time we're on the road. They're they're wheeling those into the opponent uh, batting cages mm-hmm. for for when we. So those are used daily. Um, other things that, that, um, I think it goes a long ways. A lot of the equipment and apparel that we're able to provide our players, um, comes from, uh, supplementation from the tech sideline, uh, fundraising. Um, not, not everything is, is, uh, you know, through our Nike budget, and we we do everything we can with our spoiler alert. Tech's Nike contract is atrocious. <laughs> so, so you, you, and, and you, do, with, you don't just ring up Nike and say, "Hey, give us more stuff." This is a huge deal. Yeah, and guys. and it's it's we're we're allotted a certain amount, um, and and I think we do a really good job with with that allotted amount. But um, anytime, anytime we we view it as recruiting, right? So anytime our girls go home for Thanksgiving, go home for, for Christmas, when they're in the airport traveling, when they're going to games, this and that, we want them to feel as if they're taken care of like the best programs in the country. And a lot of that, like I said, we, we do our, our best with, with what we're allotted, but a lot of the tech sideline dollars keep, keep our, our athletes, um, you, you know, outfitted, with swag <laughs> yeah with, with all sorts of things cool jackets and, and cool jackets and and some of the things go go a long ways um you know we we had um athletes in august in tears in in our softball indoor from the extra that we were able able to do you know that and and chip you might have been there that day you know that it, it's cool for our athletes they they put in so much work that once again, we talked about Keeley's leadership. Uh, everyone sees the games that are on TV. Man, they, they work. There, there are hours and hours and hours and hours. Not just uh, softball, but their, their tutoring, their classes. It, it, it is really important for Coach DeMore to be able to make sure that they feel, uh, you know, that that they're treated how, how they deserve. You know? I, I actually asked Keeley, uh, it was in the fall, about some of the swag they've got. And her exact words to me were, Chip, it was amazing. She said, 
me and some of the older players, she said, we literally cried because it was so much stuff. And I said, do you mind if I quote you on that? She (laughs) goes, yeah, quote me. She said, it was serious. She said, it meant so much to us. Yeah. Now that's an all American talking folks. Okay. And so I, that I was, that was pretty doggone yeah. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Tech sideline supporters. Thank you for your donations for that, helping out the softball program. And again, come out and support the team Thursday, Friday, Saturday, taking on rival Virginia this weekend. Sadly, we are out of time. It, it flew by, uh, but Mike want to thank you for coming on set, spending uh, over an hour with us here and talking softball. And we wish you luck the best of the season. Absolutely. Thanks, Jake and and Will, for having me on. Well, thank you, Mike. want to thank everybody else on set. Chip Grubb did a great job in his TSL (laughs) debut. Uh, We'll have to get him back on as softball continues to make a run towards the postseason. Will Stewart in the fourth chair, our founder and general manager. Thank you for being on set. Malcolm Stewart behind the scenes, as always, our best podcast producer in the land. I'm your host, Jake Lyman. Enjoy your weekend, Hokies fans. We'll see you next time.